You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This summer at 2911, we're looking back at some of the iconic movies of the 1980s. This week, we go on an unforgettable adventure with the Goonies. So the Goonies, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird movie, I guess. It's a little bit different. Uh, uh, maybe you grew up watching it, or maybe you didn't. I, I didn't know. There's a good reason for that, probably, is because if uh, my parents heard the way the kids talk in this movie, they wouldn't have let that play in my house. So uh, that's probably a good reason there. But I, I caught it on cable a lot in the 90s, and I uh, really started digging it. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, you know, when I was in college, I really got into the Goonies. I really liked them. I uh, liked to watch the movie. And uh, it, it's, it's a very simple movie, though. And so if you've uh, if, if you've never seen the movie, I'm going to help you through it. It's going to be really easy. It's, it's, uh, it's a very simple story, and I'm going to try to keep you, keep you up to date the whole time. And so just, just go with me, and, and we'll get somewhere in just a second. But it's a very simple story, and it basically is just about some kids that go on a treasure hunt because their neighborhood is uh, going to be demolished and turned into a, to a uh, golf course. And so they go on this treasure hunt to save their neighborhood. I mean, it's that simple. That's, that's the story of the Goonies. And just so happened to be that the kids call themselves the Goonies. They call themselves the Goonies. And that's a weird name, you know, but I mean, you kind of, if you've never seen it, you're like, that's a weird name thing to call yourself. And maybe you have seen it, and you still think that's a weird thing to call yourself. Maybe you don't know why they call themselves the Goonies. Uh, I didn't either. I just thought it was something cool they came up with. It sounds kind of cool, you know, uh, with the Goonies. They say the Goonies never say die, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it, sound, it sounds cool, but there's, there's a meaning behind it. And the, the meaning is this. I didn't know this until I, I looked at it. I, it's actually in the movie, but you, it's like something you miss if you're not paying attention. But they actually live in a, in a town called Astoria in Oregon. And the, their neighborhood, though, is the Goondocks. It's where the area of the town they're from. And so anybody from the Goondocks is a Goonie. And so it's not, it's not like, a, you know, something like a term of affection, you know, that, that you call somebody a Goonie. It's saying, hey, you're from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, you're a Goonie. Uh, if you're a Goonie, then you know, your parents probably aren't that well off. You're, you're, you're a Goonie. And so these kids, though, it doesn't bother them. They think it's cool, and so they kind of own it. They own that they're Goonies. And so they kind of wear it like a badge of honor. Yeah, I'm a Goonie. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd, I'm a loser, I'm a weirdo, that's, that's who I am. And I love that, they just kind of own it, that that's who they are, and they're, they're okay with that. And I think that's cool, because I think we like that. We're, we gravitate towards, you know, the underdog a lot of times. You know, when we see a movie, a lot of times we choose to see a movie that's about an underdog. If you're watching a game, and you see two teams playing, you know, you, you tend to root for the underdog, right? If you don't have any any skin in the game, you don't care, you're usually rooting for the underdog. And so we like to root for the underdog. We choose to tell our stories about underdogs a lot of times. And what's cool is that Jesus chooses underdogs a lot too. And that's who, that's who Jesus chose to be around when he was here. He didn't spend a lot of time with the, the upper crust. He didn't spend a lot of time with the, the, the social elite. He spent a lot of time with those who were from the other side of the tracks. People that were, that were disenfranchised from society, people who were kind of outcast, weirdos, nerds, losers, whatever you want to call them. That's who he spent his time with, you know? Even his disciples, the people that he called to follow him, uh, the first people he called were some fishermen, just regular guys, just regular Joes. Not any, anything special about them. They were fishermen. And uh, he, he had in his crew, he also had, uh, had uh, some zealots, some people that maybe were a little bit outside of the box or way out of the box. He also 
had some tax collectors that he hung out with, and, and tax collectors were not, you know, the, the most liked people, I mean, the people that took, came and took your money. That's not people, someone people like a whole lot. So these are the people he hung out with, is, is people that the rest of society said, hey, I, I, we don't want anything to do with them. That's who Jesus chose. And uh, so that, that may be, maybe, you know, if you are, you ever feel like you're kind of foolish or, or that you're kind of a loser or you're an outcast or whatever, hey, that's who Jesus chose. And Paul even said it like this. He said that, that God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And so maybe that'll make you, maybe, maybe, you know, it makes me feel a little better when I'm foolish. Like, you know, God chooses the foolish things, but it also reminds me that I'm foolish sometimes. So, so remember that, and that maybe that encourages you uh, in some way, but, but this is who uh, Jesus chooses. He chooses these nobodies, these losers, and uh, that's who our movie's about. And, but, but just like the people that Jesus chose back then, these kids are on a mission. They're on a mission to, to find some treasure. Now, there's a local legend that a pirate captain named One-Eyed Willie, that he's supposed to be Spanish, according to the movie, but that doesn't sound Spanish at all to me. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but he, th there's a local legend that, that his treasure has been buried there since the 1600s. And so uh, since the town has been founded, people have always been going out and trying to find this treasure. No one's ever been able to find it. And it's kind of, one of those things that people have given up on and, and just decided, you know, it's, it's unfindable. unfindable. It's just, a, you know, a legend. And the kids come across a map, and they decide they're going to find the treasure. You know, these, these, these uh, you know, little kids are going to find this treasure. But they don't call it treasure. They have a different word for it. They call it rich stuff. <laughs> they keep saying, we're going to go find the rich stuff. You know, and so it's just one of those cool little things that they say. And so it's like they're obsessed with with the treasure, though, the whole time. They're, you know, they're always talking about it. They're, they're gonna, how they're going to find it and how they're going to get it and all this stuff. Uh, but for good reason, and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but, you know, we can be kind of obsessed with the rich stuff sometimes, right? Sometimes we can have our mind a little bit too much on financial kind of things. And uh, it's not, not necessarily always a bad thing, but Jesus knew this, that we, sometimes we can be preoccupied with those things. And so Jesus talks about those things sometimes. And one of the things he says is this. He tells this story. It's a parable. Uh, a, a, just a simple story that he told, and it, uh, sometimes he told these parables, and they were really long, but this one's only, only one verse long, and so it's, it's a very simple parable, and it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field, and in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Uh, another version of it says that, another version of the translation, it says that that, uh, that with, with joy, with great joy, he went and sold everything. And imagine that. Imagine going home today and knowing that you're going to sell everything you own. Get rid of everything in your house, your house, everything. You're going to sell everything. Could you do that with great joy? Know that you're going to get rid of everything. I mean, that's a really weird thing to think about. But he knew the value of the treasure that he had found. He knew the value that was in the treasure. And so the question for us today is, do, do we understand the true value of the treasure that we found? in Jesus. Uh, John Piper said this, the point here is that the people who receive the kingdom treasure it more than everything else. You don't buy it. You get it freely because you want it more than you want anything else. In other words, there is a condition for having the kingdom, but the condition is not wealth or power or intelligence or eminence. The condition is that you prize the kingdom more than you prize anything else. And so that's the thing. It's like, so do we understand the true value of the treasure that we found. This man did, you know, he, he, he knew the, tr the, the true uh, value of this treasure. Do we know the true value of the treasure that we found in Jesus? Do, do you know the true value of the cross? Do you know the true value? Do you understand it? Because I think this man, I don't think he just, you know, bought the field 
with a treasure in it and said, whoa, now I own a field with treasure in it. You know, I'm sure that as soon as he bought the field, he went and dug it up and he, you know, he went and used it to buy a house, to provide for his family, to give to those that he loved, uh, to help people around him. You know, I'm sure he did something with the, uh, with the treasure, you know, I'm sure he didn't just leave it there. And the same way with the Goonies, they don't want to just, just find the treasure just to be like, hey, we're the people that found the treasure. That's not their deal. They're trying to save their, their neighborhood. They're trying to save their homes. They're trying to save their friends and their families. They're trying to save their lives, their li- the, you know, everything they know, all their relationships. They're trying to save those, and that's what the, tr- the treasure is about for them. And so the same can be said of us. What's, what are we going to do with the treasure that we found in Jesus? Are we just going to hoard it to ourselves? Are we just going to say, yay, I found a treasure? Or are we going to share it with somebody? Because it's not just about finding the treasure. It's about doing something with it, right? It's about doing something with, that, with what we found in Jesus. If he's blessed us, it's not for us to say, yay, I'm blessed, but it's say, hey, God wants to bless other people. Paul wrote about it like this. He said, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. You know, there's no wrong side of the tracks anymore. For the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard, ever heard of? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And so that's us. That's us. We've got to go and tell people. We can't just keep it to ourselves. We've got to go share it with somebody. We've got to go tell somebody. And not, 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 when it says preach, it's not just talking about from a stage or a pulpit or wherever. It's talking about us. We've all got to go. It's not one person's job. It's our job. We've got to go. And uh, so you can look and say, we've got to go and tell the world. That's the mission that Jesus has given us. We've got to go and share this with everybody. And when you begin to think, like, how am I going to do that? How can I go and share, you know, Jesus with the, with the world, with everyone? How, how can I hope to accomplish that? And one of the great things is, is you don't have to do it by yourself. It's, and we get to do this together. That you and I get to do this, be a part of this together. Uh, one of the things, maybe you didn't know what a Goonie was, but I, and maybe you've never seen the movie, but I can tell you you knew this much about it. And this is a very simple thing, okay? But that the word, the Goonies, the title, the Goonies, it's plural, okay? It's not the Goonie. That's not, that, nobody would want to see that movie, okay? First of, all, first of all, if it was just about one of them, they probably would have died 15 minutes in. Uh, but nobody wants to watch that movie. We, we like team-up movies. I think that's what we like, right? We, we enjoy a good team-up. Uh, just looking at this summer, this summer's movies, uh, one of the biggest, I think the biggest uh, movie of the year, yeah, definitely the biggest movie of this entire year is a movie called Avengers Infinity War. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it's about all, like, 30-plus superheroes coming together, you know, and that, that's, you know, it's, it's blown up the box office. But then one of the biggest box office disappointments this year, and not saying it didn't make a lot of money, just to make as much as other movies, not as many people came and saw it, uh, it was a movie called Solo. <laughs> so if that tells you anything about what people want to see and what people like to see in their movies, I think, you know, the, the lesson there is we like a good team-up. And uh, uh, in this movie, there's, there's a, a, a team. It's not just about one Goonie. Like I said, it's about a team. And so I want to introduce you real quick. To them, okay? First, um, we've got Data. Data is, uh, he's like the inventor, kind of. He's creative. He builds all these gadgets, and what's really cool is in most, in the movie, like, he has, the, he has them all in his jacket, 
but that most of them are huge, bulky things, and so they, they hide it with the jacket. But like you can tell which scenes he's about to like, you know, pop something out, like a punching uh, punching glove or whatever comes out. And so whenever he does that, you always notice the jacket's like twice as big because he's about to do something. And then the next scene, he'll be just like with this like it'll be this little bitty kid in this giant jacket that's all saggy on top of him. Uh, but but his, his inventions they sometimes work, sometimes they they don't, and they always get him out of trouble. And so that's kind of what he brings to the team. And then the next next is mouth. Mouth is the mouth, okay? He, he can talk his way out of just about anything. Sometimes the mouth gets him in trouble, uh, but he, uh, he, he's a talker, you know? He, he's a fast talker. And he, uh, he also understands Spanish, so he's able to translate the map that they have. And so that's what he brings to the team. And then you got Chunk. And Chunk, uh, he's probably my favorite, probably because he's a little chunky boy, and maybe that's why, you know, I kind of, you know, my heart goes out to him. I feel for him. Uh, I remember the first time my mother bought me some husky pants. I thought they were, I was like, man, husky, that's like a wolf. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> I had no idea. But anyway, so Chunk's always been kind of my favorite. Um, Self-appreciating humor is always great. Uh, Chunk's always been my, one of my favorite characters in, in the movie. And, you know, he's, he's kind of goofy and he's, he's, he's uh, like an emotional roller coaster. He's like, you know, he can be like super excited and happy and then all of a sudden just ticked off and then in the next second he can just be like on the floor crying. And it's because he's so like, you know, so emotional, uh, he realizes the danger they're in and there's actually this uh, criminal family that's chasing them called the Fratellis. And so he realizes this pretty quickly and so he's able to warn the guys because of uh, this heightened emotion that he has and this sense of fear. And then there's Mikey. Mikey is the, he, he's the leader kind of. He's the one that that keeps them going. That, that there's several times where they, they come to dead ends, to roadblocks, and to wait times they can turn around. And Mikey's always one that's like, no, guys, we've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. And so Mikey's really the heart of the group. And so, so that's, that's them. And then there's also Bran. He's the older brother. He's, he's the muscle. And then you've got Andy, who's she can play the piano, which doesn't sound like that would come in, in handy on a, a treasure hunt, but it actually does. You'll be surprised. So, um, but everybody brings something to the table. Everyone's got something to offer. And it's so because of this, like I said, that if it wasn't for all of them together, what they, one of, they don't, if it was just one of them, what, he'd be dead in the first 15 minutes of the movie. But because they're together, they're able to do something bigger than they could by themselves. And you know, I think sometimes we like to think of ourselves as maybe we're, you know, we like to look at our lives as we're in a movie, like that, that we're the star, you know, and, and that this is a story about us that, that's happened, unfolding through our lives. And too often, though, I think we, we, we mistakenly believe that that story is, is where we're the star, you know, and we're in the spotlight, and everyone else is just bit players. Everybody else is just supporting cast. And, uh, and that's just not the way it is because, because we're, we're not in a solo movie. We're in a team-up movie. And you need, to, you need to start seeing your life like that. We need to start seeing our lives as a team-up movie, that we're part of a team. Uh, another way to see that is, is the way that Paul talked about it to the Corinthians. He said, oh, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And in the, if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? 
But one, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he, he wants it. How strange a body would it be if it had only one part? Uh, so it's just telling us it's, we need each other. You know, we need one another. Uh, that's the point of the church is that we're not in this alone, that we're not going, we're not having to deal with life by ourselves anymore, that we have a family of believers around us. And that's how we need to look at it is it's like a family. You know, you don't, you wouldn't say, say, oh, I'm going to family, right? You'd say, I'm going to be with my family, right? Because that's what it is. Think of it more like that. Because I think if there's one thing we could wrap our mind around this morning, there's one thing I think that if, if you could just get this morning from what I'm saying uh, and, and take it and apply, I think it would change everything. If, if we would get this and really, uh, really hold on to this, and I think it would change so many things about, about life for us, is that church is not just about going, but it's about belonging. It's about belonging. It's about finding a place where you belong, about where God made you to be. And he made us to support one another, to be there for one another, to care for one another. When we, when we really take a hold of that, it will change the way we, we interact with one another uh, here on Sundays. It will change the way you interact with, with each other throughout the week. It will change the way, you, you know, the attitude where you walk through the door at church. It will change that, you know, that, that you're here because you belong here. You're here because, because someone else is here that, that you need to be here to see and help and, and serve. Uh, it changes the way that you... You, you raise your kids, that you raise them not, not to just go to church on Sunday morning, but to belong to a church. And, and, uh, and it, it'll change so many things about our lives if we realize that, that it's not just about showing up on Sunday. You know, last week we talked about checking boxes, you know, that that's what life can become. And if, if all you're doing is just showing up, it can, it can, church can slowly be just be, you know, just another thing on the list that I've got to take care of. But when you realize it's a part of a, of a family you belong to, that, that we need each other, that we need each other, that uh, we can't do this by ourselves. When it becomes that, then, it's, then it becomes, uh, you know, becomes a life-giving place to be. And that's what 2911 is for so many of you I know. Um, so maybe uh, one of the best ways, that we, one of the ways we like to encourage people to connect here is 4 plus 1. Now maybe you've heard that. It's kind of weird maybe. 4 plus 1, what does that mean? Uh, it simply means that we, we, be, we believe you need four people in your life, four people, that are you're connected with really well that are always uh when when you were going through something there's somebody you could turn to that they're you know they're always there for you they they're uh they're they're close as they can be and then you need one person who's all up in your business you need one person who's just above the rest that really has your back that, that can call you out that you trust uh deeply someone outside of your house uh, someone that's, that's a, 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 someone here that can help you, that, that will talk to you about anything and whatever you're going through. That, that, and these people, these four plus one, they, they realize, you know, they, they, they know you. They realize when you're going through something. They realize when, when you're not here. They, they notice when, when you're a little down or whatever because they, they're there for you. You need those kind of relationships in your life. And if you don't go to this church, you need to have those relationships. If you go to a different church, you still need to find those kind of relationships. And, uh, you know, you may be sitting here thinking like, that sounds really good. That, that'd be really nice if, if you, know, I, you know, going to church and belonging to church. That sounds great. Four plus one, that sounds great. But there's something deep down inside of you that just says, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's really for me. Like, you know, that's, that may be for everybody else, but it's not for me. Maybe, and I, I understand, maybe there's, maybe, uh, uh, you know, that you've tried this before. You've, you've, you've gone to church and you've been a part of a church or maybe you got hurt or somebody hurt you 
or uh, you know a church hurts you and or maybe that maybe you just heard horror stories about you know a church or maybe you've heard things that people where people have put down other churches and and you just don't want to be you know associated with that kind of thing or or maybe you just you're like that sounds good but, but I'm just I'm just too busy I'm there's just too much going on in my life right now to really do that and I understand we, we go through times we go through seasons where that's a thing but we have to realize there's seasons and you know we, we, we still need to some at some point to pick back up and make those connections again because if we don't we're going to be drained dry we're going to be drained dry and we're not gonna be able to do what God's called us to do uh, and or maybe you know what you know if you, you'd be like me and just say you know what if I let my guard down for a long time I was worried about letting my guard down and if anyone else realizes that I don't have it all together that I'm not perfect that if, if people understood that then, you know, may, that wouldn't be good. And so it, maybe it's hard for you to let your guard down. And you think, you know what, or maybe, maybe you've really got lost. Just think, you know what, if I'm messed up, then other people are messed up too. And how can they help me? But here's the thing, is that where someone else is, is strong might be where I'm weak at. And where I'm, where I'm strong, it might be where someone else is weak. And so that way, that way our weaknesses and our strengths, they even out. They even each other out. But until we own them, until we really, truly own them, when that happens, when we begin to own them, that's when this is going to begin to work. And when we do that, when we begin to say, you know what, what I, I want to open up, I want to be part of this, I want to try this again. Because you know what, we've got, we've got an awful lot to do if, if we're supposed to be sharing Jesus with the whole world. We've got a whole lot to do. Not just the people in this room, every church in the world, we've got a lot to do. And we can't do it by ourselves. We cannot do it on our own. And so I challenge you to, 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 to silence the voices that are inside and just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, I want to connect with somebody, uh, with people, like, I, like God intended me to. Um, I want to show you a clip from the movie. And honestly, this is my favorite clip, favorite part of the movie, and I really just wanted an excuse to sh make you all watch this today. So I've just been uh, leading up to this one point. Uh, no, but for real, uh, it's really the turning point in the movie because a lot of the attitudes change from this point on. And what happens is, uh, let me set this up real quick, is the kids, you know, they're on this, they're, they're running through these caves, the Fratellis are behind them somewhere, they're not sure how close they are, and uh, they're, they're, they come across this big cavern, and, and there's a waterfall pouring out the side of the wall, and there's water all over the ground, and, and under the water there's all these just coins all under the water, and they're sparkling, because there's this uh, hole in the ceiling, and it's the, there's a shaft of light that's coming down, making all the coins shine, and they think, you know, you know, like, oh wow, this is it. You know, this is the treasure. This is what. This is the rich stuff. This is what we've been going after. This is what we've been looking for. And uh, it's at the, then they quickly realize that this isn't the treasure. That this isn't rich stuff at all. This is just pocket change. And they start looking at it. It's pennies and nickels and dimes, and uh, they realize that the hole in the ceiling is actually the wishing well. That, uh, that's in town that they've spent their whole lives throwing money into. And so uh, throwing, you know, making wishes and throwing the money into the, the wishing well. And so it's like this whole time they've been trying to save their town. The whole time they've been trying to save their homes. And they've, they've been trying and trying, keep hitting, hitting dead end after dead end, uh, you know, almost killed by, by, uh, by booby traps and all this kind of stuff that's going on. And then, uh, then they get here and they think they finally found the treasure and it's like all their dreams are laying there, dead at their feet, you know? And, it's, and Mouth, he kind of vocalizes this, and he reaches down in the water, and he picks up one of the coins, and he holds it up, and he says, he says, this is my wish, and I'm taking it back. I'm taking it all back. And he, they, you know, that's kind of the mood that kind of set, that sets the mood. 
that, that's, that's how everybody feels. It's like, okay, we're, we're done. We're done here. We tried, we dreamed, and this isn't going to happen. And then they realize there's a bucket and a line where they can actually go up the wishing well so they have a way out. And there's uh, one of the guys that, uh, that one of them knows is up at the top so he can pull them out. So they have a way out of the adventure and to, to kind of save their lives. And, but then one of them hasn't given up yet. Mikey still hasn't given up. And so Mikey has one last thing to say. Don't you guys see? Don't you realize? Look how far we've come. We got a chance. Chance at what, Mikey? Getting killed? But still, don't you realize? The next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. This is our time. This is our time. That's, the, that's what Mikey's telling them. But I think there's three deeper things that he's really telling them right here, and that's what I want to kind of wrap up with today, okay? There's these three things that Mikey's telling them. Number one, I think he's calling them back to adventure. These kids, some of them were just doing it because the Fratellis were chasing them. They had to run into the cave, and it was a means of survival. And it was just a thing. Some of them was just a thing to do that was fun on the, that weekend. They were just doing it just to have fun. But he was saying, look, this isn't just something we're doing for fun. This isn't just something we're doing uh, just, to, just to check a box. This is an adventure that we're going on. And so he's calling them back to adventure. And so if, if church or faith uh, has become uh, just a thing that checks a box for you, if, if it's become a thing where like it's just something that we do fun on the weekend or whatever, I want to call you back this morning to adventure, that we're all called on this venture, adventure together. This is our time. This is our time, and I, I, I believe that 2911 is my time, and I hope you do too. I hope you say, you know what, 2911 is my time. It's our time to do something, to do something great together. We have this opportunity right now, and we can't sit back and just hope it goes well. We've got to get our hands dirty and do something. Uh, second, I think what he's saying is it's now or never. This, it's now or never, guys. They're going to demolish our houses, and we're going to be, next, you know, next time we, we take a test, it'll be in another school. Next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. So this is it. This is the last, so we can't take anything for granted. We can't give up. We can't quit dreaming, okay? Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. We've got to keep going. We can't keep dreaming. We've got to make something happen. And third, it's not about what should have happened. It's about what can happen now. You know, uh, Mikey said, you know, I know some of them were, were, you know, had some mixed feelings because their parents had, had maybe dropped the ball, they felt like, because their parents were letting their houses get sold. And so he's like, look, our parents did the best they could with the, with the time they had, but now it's our time. Now it's our turn. And so you know what? You can sit and you can say you blame other people and, and 
point fingers and, and worry about all these things. Or you can just say, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people did with their time. This is my time. This is my chance. Right here, right now. Uh, Jesus actually said this. I want to read this to you real quick. Uh, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. You know, that's pretty serious stuff, right? It sounds pretty serious. We've got to, we've got to do this. But, it, it, you know, when I read that, you think like, okay, Jesus was probably like standing up on a mountain, you know, preaching to somebody, somebody. Maybe he was around, you know, the campfire with the disciples. But that's not where this happens. This happens in a very unique place. It happens right in the middle of a miracle. Jesus is healing a blind man. And this is what he says in the middle of it. You know why? Because he's interrupted. The disciples, right in the middle of Jesus, inter, you know, healing a blind man, they interrupt. Not, don't wait till it's over. Don't ask before he starts. Right in the middle of it, the disciples walk up and say, hold up, Jesus. Now, is this man, is he blind because, like, his parents did something? Or is it because they, they sinned? Is it because he sinned? They're like, well, what are the spiritual uh, ramifications? What's going on right here? Uh, and Jesus is like, like, look, look, everything's for the glory of God. But right now... <laughs> we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us. I like that. It's almost like saying, hey, guys, we don't have time to get wrapped up in, in he said, she said, and playing the blame game. We don't have time for that right now. We're here to change some lives, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so I think that's, that's great. That's what he's calling us to is like, let's stop worrying about, you know, what other people have done or what someone else did or what was said. We can only do the best that we can, and we can't sit around and blame people. It's our time. This is our chance. This is our time right here, right now. Um, so if this is our time, we can spend it either wondering how this happened, why it happened, what should have happened, what could have happened, or we can spend it making something happen. And I hope that's what you decide to do today, that you've decided, you know what, I'm going to make something happen. I, I, I want to use my time wisely. So here's, real quick, five ways you can make something happen. Uh, number one is be part of a small group. This is, this is so important because like we talked about, four plus one, you can't do that. You, you can't find those people if you're not connecting with them outside of Sunday. Not just, you, you need more than just a handshake and a high five. You need some people that you connect with and you can do that through small groups. Uh, this, is, this is where you can really grow and, and find some people to connect with and find the family that you've been looking for, okay? Uh, maybe you've, and so I know right now that, uh, that small groups are kind of winding down for the summer. But you know what? They're starting back up in September. And I want you to decide today, you know what? I'm going to be a part of a small group this, this fall. I'm, going to, I'm going to be. There's no excuses this time. I'm going to be a part of a small group. Maybe you've looked before and you said, you know what? There just aren't any small groups for me. There's just not any small groups that work out for me. Well, maybe that means you need to start a small group. And so why don't you do that? What's holding you back from doing that? There's probably people in this room or people you know that, are, that would love to be a part of your small group if you start one. So, so do that. Don't make excuses. Let's make something happen, okay? Be part of a small group. And then second, serve somewhere. Find somewhere to serve. If coming to church isn't just about going but belonging, that means we need to be serving one another. And that's one of the best ways to make sure that, that this doesn't become something that we do every week, but it becomes something that we're a part of, that, that you're part of the dream when you start serving and you're really part of it. So be a part of that. Be, you know, Find a place to serve and give back to the, you know, to, to people around you to help them in your strengths. And one of the best ways to do that is actually number three is go through growth track. Growth track is a way that we, we uh, help you and encourage you to grow and own your growth. And it's also a way that we help you find a place to, to serve and a place to connect with other people. It helps you get a little bit better connected with the church and figure out really what 2911 is about. If you've never been through the new one, we just started this year, I'll encourage everybody to come through it to the, before the end of the year, okay? Uh, 
uh, if you've been here, you know, you're for, since the beginning of 2011, or if you just started a few weeks ago, I encourage you to be a part of Growth Track before the end of the year. Uh, fourth, invest in ministry. Now, I, I, you know, it, it gets, I, you know, it's a kind of iffy thing when you start talking about giving, people get nervous. But listen, I talked to Pastor about this because I wanted, I want to do this in the right way. I'm not saying, saying, hey, we need money. That's not what I'm saying. So don't hear that because we're able to do what we're able to do because of the giving that people are doing right now. We want to be able to do more. And so when more consistent giving starts happening, then we can do even more than what we're doing now. But this is not about, hey, we need money. This is about, hey, you need to be a giver. You need to have a heart of giving, not just holding treasure to yourself, but giving away to people that, that need it and uh, helping people, helping ministry happen. So if you're not part of this church, if you go to another church or maybe, maybe you know, you, you need to find a church that you're comfortable with giving to and helping support ministry. Don't just be a consumer, but be a contributor also. And then, uh, and so, so please hear what I'm saying there. Please don't get that twisted. Uh, finally, uh, reach somebody. This is probably the most important. We've all been put on this earth for a reason, and I believe everyone's has something to do with reaching somebody for Jesus, t telling somebody about what's going on inside their lives. And so that's something very simple that all of us can do right now. We can all do that today, tomorrow. We can all share what Jesus is doing with somebody. Reach somebody. Give to somebody. Help somebody. Be there for someone. Uh, look, at, look, look at the world through someone else's eyes and, and, and be there with them. Just reach somebody. If, if it's somebody that you know that needs Jesus that you have. Tell them about Jesus. If it's somebody that needs a church family to be part of, you know, invite them to be at church with you. If there's somebody that needs what you have, share it with them. Share it with them and reach them. One last little thought I want to share with you, okay? When I got to thinking about the word Goonies, and it's not just a cool name that they gave themselves, but it actually means somebody from the Goondocks. You know, that tells me that these kids, these seven kids, aren't the only Goonies, Right? There's more Goonies in their neighborhood, you know? They have neighbors. They have families. They have loved ones that live right there around them. There's other Goonies in this movie, you know? But none of them, I see the title was referring to, the, the title was referring to these guys because they, they got up and they used their weekend to go and hunt down this treasure. Everybody else, all the other Goonies, they were all back, you know, in their, in their homes watching TV, uh, just, just being a Goonie. And uh, so what I want to tell you this morning is, is don't just be a goonie. Don't just be a goonie. Don't just have the, go and, and do something. You know, don't just be a Christian. Don't just say I'm a Christian, but go and, and be a Christian. Don't just say, hey, I'm, I'm church 2911. I go to church 2911. Go and be church 2911. Let's do this. Don't just wear the shirt. Be a part of the church, okay? Or wherever you're, you're, you're you know, find a church. If you're not connected to a church, find a church that you want to connect with and be a part and be a part of the church. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.